Hello and welcome to the Go To Him podcast. We're trying to promote men speaking to each other about their problems. In this episode, we speak to Steve Catt, who is the frontman of the band Last of the Misfit Heroes, about his recovery. Don't forget to like and subscribe in all your usual podcast places. Thanks and enjoy. Today's episode, we talk about recovery with our guest, Steve Catt. Steve Catt is my cousin. He's a good friend as well. We're here today to discuss the crucial parts of mental health. So we're going to talk to Steve about his journey. We're going to talk to him about his experience of depression. And most importantly, we will focus on Steve's journey out of his most challenging times and into a state of recovery. So Steve, it's really good to have you here today. And thank you for coming uh, all this way to um, discuss your journey. Yeah, thanks for asking me. So Steve, tell us a little bit about your experience and how you got into a state of depression through the depths and, and out again. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, sure. So really, with me, it wasn't just one thing. You know, this had been a build up over years of not looking after myself mentally, mm. not really understanding what was going on. So if I take you to January 2019, I can even tell you the time, the date. 10th of January 2019, 20 past seven in the morning. Uh, just started a new job, uh, just coming after Christmas. So I've been there less than a week. And at that time in the morning, I just, uh, I was in the shower getting ready for work. And I just said to my wife, I can't do this anymore. And that was it. From there, my my whole life sort of changed, if you like. It was a build-up of years, months of stress, anxiety, depression, but not really understanding what it was. Mm. And it just got to that moment where I had to stop. You know, just sort of, something is seriously not right, you know. Sorry, yeah, just even thinking about it now, it's 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 been four years, but it's still, when I take myself back to that place, it's, it's... it's a, yeah, it's a horrible place to be in. Um, yeah, so basically the build-up to that, I was in quite a stressful job uh, a few years before. We had one of these um, companies at work where you can ring up you know, if you're struggling. It's all confidential, those sort of things. And so I took some advice from there. This was two years before. So they said, go and see your GP. Basically, the GP, all they do, and it's you know it's not criticism or anything, but they'll just put you on antidepressants, basically. Even though I understood I was struggling, I didn't really take it any further. I thought, all right, I'll take these pills, I'll be fine. And I sort of carried on. So I carried on doing the things which weren't good for me and not really understanding it, but just kept carrying on doing it. Basically, that job was very stressful, so I left it um, with no real plan for what I was going to do next. What I ended up doing was going to a temporary job and doing a similar sort of work, the council work. But I didn't have anything, any goals or any... I didn't have a plan. I was just, uh, you know, living day to day, if you like. And I think eventually it just sort of ground me down. And uh, like I said, I started a new job. That was the sort of the final straw, really. It was like everything had built up. It's like my mind... It's like something in my mind just sort of said, this has got to stop. You know, you can't... You just can't do it. Yeah, so basically that, that day, it was a Thursday, I actually went to work and I was sitting in this new job with people I didn't know, in a job I didn't know. And I had nothing to relate to. I had nothing... You know, I, I remember sitting at a desk. The world was going on around me. I, I, I was sort of zombied out. I was numb. I couldn't tell you anyone anyone's name who I was sitting there. Couldn't tell you what happened that day. All I did, I rang the doctors at lunchtime and sort of said, you know, can I get a point? And luckily I got a point on that evening. Went to the doctor. She signed me off for two weeks with stress, anxiety, depression, you know, all the symptoms and stuff. And that was it, really. When you got to that point, yeah. did you accept it? Or was there a build-up up to that point where you kind of knew that, no. that it was stress, depression, anxiety, but you just kind of wanted to not because there is a stigma attached to yeah. these sort yeah. of things. And, and, you know, for me, I think the times when I've had uh, depression and anxiety, I've ignored it, I've tucked it away. Mm. And it's it's because I 
you know, like I said in episode one, you walk into work, you don't want to be that guy that is off with stress because exactly. you, you've always got that label. There is a worry about that. Yeah, whilst you know society's moving in the right direction with mental health, men and women in general, I still feel that your card will still be marked. And it doesn't matter the goodwill of the, your boss and the company you're working for, I still genuinely believe that, you know, your card... That's very true, yeah. Uh, and it's a shame, really. But I do... But on the upside, I do actually feel like society and, and as a country, I think we're moving oh, in the right direction. Yeah, yeah. And maybe your card isn't marked. Maybe that's, that's, no, that's just something that's we carry. that's absolutely true. And yeah. I, maybe that's generational. Yeah, possibly, you know, maybe yeah, that's something because yeah. I, you know, being mm. somebody who, who started work in the 80s, you know, maybe back then... Yeah. If you if you said like oh well sorry you know I've been signed off work with well, you I doubt you'd even get signed off work for stress and anxiety. Um, Go home have a bath you'll be all right the next yeah. day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 yeah 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 no it's true I mean but to be, to be honest I, I, up until that point I've heard of stress heard of anxiety depression but I didn't relate it to what I was going through so it was I I knew something wasn't right I, I knew there was something going on but i was just doing the normal thing that everyone does you know i was getting up every day going to work i was the daily grind yeah uh, yeah. yeah um there's look, someone worse off than me somewhere exactly yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. and that's yeah. the thing you sort of get programmed in don't you, you do the, the normal thing every day and it'll get you through and you make your money and then you just tick along see this is another thing there wasn't anything one thing that i could it wasn't as if i was ill like physically Ill, no. or there wasn't something didn't happen to me or to anyone i knew that I could say right at that point this is triggered something or this was just a build up of years of just not not yeah. understanding what was, what was going on you and, know? and do you th- what was it you said you do accounts yeah accounts work yeah so would you say that in general when you work you look on working as a means to do other things would you say that was the case or would you say that it's quite important probably more important than you want to admit yourself like a career type thing or job stability and things yeah. like that it's more it's always been a means to an end of just yeah. keep yourself going. I've never set out to, to do it. Do it's know, something I sort of fell into and just sort of worked my way through. Yeah. And, you know, it's not, that's quite interesting yeah. in a way. Like if you're in a position where you don't like your job, you know, I've been in that position, like I work for myself and all sorts of things and hated it. People will say to you, well, maybe the way to think about it is, oh, well, this is enabling you to do this. And I find yeah. it quite interesting that you already had that. Yeah. Pe- yeah. That, that sort of mindset. Well, this is it. Yeah. I think... It's, it's a difficult one because uh, I mean we'll probably talk about we'll talk about music mm. later on, but I'm definitely part of my brain, part of my mind is creative and it's, it's it yeah. needs it needs to it needs to be working. And I think probably what had happened up until that point, I hadn't been looking after that side. So I've been doing all the the, the normal stuff I was saying, just ticking along, ticking along. But I wasn't listening to the, the other part of your mind, mm. the, the creative mind that needed that needs to be fed. And, yes, and and I, I ignored that for years. Mm. Um, but it's, again, I was playing in the band at the time, but it wasn't giving me what I needed. So it's interesting because I need to be writing. I need to be just getting thoughts out all the time. But I was playing a band which wasn't doing what I needed it to do. Mm. So even though I was doing the right things, you know, or I thought I was doing the right things, playing in bands and stuff, it was there was something missing. There was there yeah. was something not there. Mm. Um, and it's interesting, like, you know, as I sort of went through the whole recovery stage, you start realising what makes you happy and what doesn't. And it's interesting, there's a, a, I saw a bit with Tyson Fury, and he was saying about in his early fights, even when he was winning, he was getting no enjoyment out of it. And that sort of built up for him. Yeah. And you can, you think you're doing the right things, but it may not be, it may be that you've just gone slightly off path or, yeah. and, and it, it's having an effect and sort of a build up. 
but you're not aware of it. Uh, yeah, it's, it's. I mean, this was four years ago when it all came to a head. Um, but now, I still get. To, I can feel it coming on stages of, I suppose, depression. Yeah. Um, and but I've got ways of, of dealing with it. I can normally. There's probably. There's normally signs when I'm not sleeping properly, um, or I've not been exercising, or I've, I've had a few beers. You know, yeah. you've had a big weekend or something. I can feel it. I feel myself going back into that stage. So it's it's a case of yeah, going through. I mean, we, we can talk about it in a bit, like yeah. different stages, different ideas that I sort mm. of learned. You know, going yeah, through recovery. Mm. Um, I think that's something that um, both you and I can relate to, well because you know I, I, I know quite often Alan will send me send me a text saying, "What a fucking shite day." Blah, blah, blah. I'm not going to drink anymore because it just makes me feel shit. And, yeah. and certainly from a, from a lifestyle I've led of enjoying parties and raves and stuff like that, you, you have a big one here Monday, Tuesday, you're like, oh, my yeah, God, yeah. like, why do I do this to myself? You get to Thursday, Friday, going to be like, yeah, yeah. give yeah, me a Jack it. Daniels. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Give me that rum. Yeah, yeah, yeah and yeah, you, yeah. you just end up in this uh, routine cycle where, yeah. where you, know, you start the week and, um, like, Mondays, today is Monday, and, and I certainly felt like it today because I had such a great weekend. I liken it to with maybe if you, you start a 10K race and you get to 9.5 kilometres and you're told, oh, you've got to start again. That's how yeah. Monday feels. So yeah. Like You get to it again, like, oh, it's another yeah, Monday. Yeah, yeah. You're, you're in this daily grind. More often than not, it's, it's uh, I'm fortunate I, en- I enjoy my job, but I've been in a job that I haven't enjoyed and I think, what am I doing? Mm. And, and every Monday just builds up and, and mm. each Monday gets worse. Mm. And you do get to a point and... You know, I think when you're when you're not happy in something that you're doing for eight to ten hours a day, it can yeah. it can massively yeah. impact your personal life, yeah. and oh, you you just think everything grinds you down. Yeah. yeah, every aspect of your life grinds you down. You know, certainly my experience of being there and coming out the other side and in, into you know right now and, and an incredibly happy mindset all, all of the things that I thought were grinding me down and wore me out I'm still doing but they mm, don't wear mm, me out mm, and it, it's yeah. a mental state of mind you you mentioned you got signed off from work for two weeks what happened after that yeah so it was basically two weeks and then it went to another two weeks I mean this is the, this is the thing um, that first month of January and going into the February I couldn't do anything you know you hear about people who just can't get out of bed and mm. I, was, I was in that state I just I just couldn't there was just nothing there there was no no emotion or anything it's 
it's a funny one mixing anxiety with depression it's it's a nightmare it's like on one one side you're on the depression side you don't want to do anything you you can't motivate yourself on the anxiety side you're scared you you want to get out of what yeah. you're feeling yeah and it's like this constant battle going on i mean to be honest all i could do for those couple of months was take my daughter to school first thing in the morning so that was a reason to get up yeah and i had my dog barney he got a walk every oh, morning yeah and that but that is it i yeah. couldn't do anything else and then basically so what happened was when when i sort of went to the doctor's signed up it opened up a whole load of other stuff and it's like someone just released the yeah you know, the dam, it's a dam and, yeah well and is that when you saw a professional? Yeah, yeah. well, there was. I, I was lucky in a way. Basically, I took everything that was being offered to me at the time. There was CBT, like the, oh, yeah. the like, over the phone. Um, I had to wait about six weeks for that. Mm. So, got involved with another group, group sessions, and so basically, I just tried to accept everything I could get. Yeah, and it, it's, it's strange because the the group one, I I really struggled with that because everyone everyone's so different. But you're in a room with people with. I mean, some people had serious issues. You know, they they just couldn't. They left the house once a week, and that was for this group. Mm. So, on one side, I'm sort of thinking to myself, I, "Am I really? You know, because what you, what I didn't really, under, I didn't understand what's going on. I, I'd sort of lost. I'm not saying too dramatic. I, I'd lost who I was. Yeah. Well, I didn't know who I was. So it's not like you know, like I said, when I'm sitting in that office, I had nothing. I didn't know who I was. I didn't have anything to sort of um, gauge myself. I, I couldn't go back over old uh, experiences no. and, and use them. Yeah, it was like. I just froze and just become numb sort of thing. So, yeah, so in the group sort of setting, it was it was strange because some people were really quite ill uh, and other yeah. people... So I was thinking, am, am, am I as bad as I think I am? Almost imposter syndrome. It, exactly, yeah. yeah, yeah. And it's hard, you can't... Because that's the thing, if we can have a conversation now and three of us will probably take something different out of it and look at things differently. film one flew over the cuckoo's nest he's in uh he, he's in a uh, what would be the right thing to call it an institution yeah. and yeah. and he's telling people he's not mad and mm, you know yeah. i suppose you you must have felt elements of that because well, people yeah. were worse off than you or, did, or you yeah, thought yeah. You, they were worse off. yeah exactly you? that's yeah. it you, you, did, you, did you start telling yourself you were overreacting i yeah i am um, that first month when basically all i was doing is getting up taking yeah all school taking the dog out the rest of the day, I would sit on the sofa with the TV on, and it'd be like World War Three going off my head. Ugh. Well, you feel every emotion. It's such a strange 
emotion because I was blaming myself. You know, how did I how did I let this happen? In one hand, and then there's other emotions like, am I actually ever going to work again? You know, have, have mm. I opened something really serious here, and am I ever going to come back from it? And then there's everything going on, and you, you just don't know. Yeah, you just don't know where to go, and it's it's. And I guess because you just started a new job as well, yeah, that is well stressful. If you're yeah, then off, yeah. doesn't yeah. matter what you're off with, yeah, that's going to properly stress yeah. you yeah. out because you think, yeah, I've sat that interview gone through the stress of that interview i knew i needed to get a new job this job was right for me yeah and now i'm off for weeks yeah yeah that's, that's just going to add yeah and, and and it's interesting what you say world war three going off in your head and and something that um i realize now that i didn't realize at, at times where i've been very anxious borderline depressed the inner monologue that yeah. you permanently have with yourself yeah. Yeah. over and over again to oh, a point yeah. where my sleep was so disturbed yeah. from that because it never shut off. And yeah. Yeah. I would talk, yeah. I'd babble in my sleep. Yeah. I'd, I'd tell people they're fucking wankers in, yeah. in my sleep. And I yeah. just, just, I used to text you. Oh like, my some God, stuff some I of those stories. Like, you know, yeah. it, it was yeah. just, I'd yeah. just be having to go at someone and yeah. shouting, you stupid slag in my yeah, sleep yeah. and stuff oh, like yeah. that. Yeah. Just, but, yeah, no, I, I think looking back, yeah, the way I was talking to myself was terrible. No, I wouldn't, you know, I was just beating myself up about everything. I mean, everyone, you know, the one thing that really I can remember stuck with me every time I sort of left the car, I'd see if I'd locked it, unlocked it. Two seconds later, I could remember if I'd locked it. and But I, ch- I checked it. But the thing was, it wasn't mm. so much, that wasn't really the thing, if I'd locked it or not locked it. It was the way I beat myself up about the fact that I had to check. Yeah, because I, I do struggle with OCD. Right. And it's this, without going too far into it because we've we've only got a finite amount of time but if i if i go to leave the house to go to work um i'm checking taps i'm checking uh plugs are off and then i get to the point if i take too long i, I literally say out loud for fuck's sake this is fucking ridiculous yeah that, that's probably more of an indication then, of your own uh, diy skills out <laughs> well yeah <laughs> yeah and it's i don't trust anything to work yeah. properly ever that actually just adds adds to it because then what you're doing is it's a self what is it self self what should we call it prophecy self sabotage yes. yeah it's self sabotage because yeah. at, at, at some point you're going to start believing that you're this idiot that you're telling yourself yeah. you are yeah. and then it's it just it's just actually compounding yeah. everything no, that's yeah true. and and, you know? and I used to do that I'd I'd say right I'm going to, I'm going to the shops yeah do you need me to pick up anything. Yeah. Then I'd be given a list of three items. Yeah. And I'd say, can you text that to me? Oh, because mate, I because I, really I will know. forget it. Yeah. And you know yeah. now, I don't. I I no. I have a yeah. mental uh, shopping list in my head, yeah. and and yeah. I I manage to be be okay. It's because you've got all this other stuff going on yeah, in your yeah, head. Yeah. A shopping list never never resonates as part of that thought process. It's just a shopping list, unless it's there in front of you. It doesn't. And also, you've register. only got yourself to disappoint. Yeah, true. haven't you? Yeah, because like before, when you were cohabiting, you were probably worried that you were going to let that other person down. Whereas now, if you forget something off your shopping list, then you've only got you know it's it's only that. Yeah, and uh, and you do daft things. And one yeah. thing that I used to do a lot was, um, oh, did you get this? Oh no, they didn't have any. They were out. <laughs> I just forgot it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But funny enough, now. And um, then you feel bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's because just told a little white yeah, lie. because you lied. But then <laughs> yeah. you also haven't got the stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. What, they were out of butter? Completely. Yeah, <laughs> yeah completely. Yeah, yeah. Must have missed the delivery. <laughs> yeah, there's a, ma- there's a massive butter sort shortage. Yeah. <laughs> People were going out with it under their arms. Yeah. Um, Bloody panic buyers. <laughs> <laughs> but now, what, what, I, yeah. what I notice, if I leave the house, 
empty of a weekend, I don't have any OCD at all. Right. So for all I know, I'm going out. I'll go out with a dog for, I don't know, go for an hour walk with her. And I haven't even considered whether there's tap on or whether there's right. a plug on right. or whether the back door's even locked because I'll know that it's locked and I'll, I won't yeah. be asked about anything yeah. else. Yeah. I only get it with the front door. I quite often sit somewhere where I've just arrived and be like, did I shut the front yeah. door? Of course right. I did. Yeah. Every single time. I've never left the front door open. I've never left yeah. it unlocked. No. But but you still doubt uh, yourself. Still, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And that's self sabotage. Yeah. Oh, definitely. yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, but I, I, yeah, I think it, the the way I was sort of dealing with all that sort of stuff, it was the way I was reacting to it myself, and like we were saying, just being really beating myself up about it. Yeah, and then that just adds to the anxiety and the yeah, yeah and everything yeah. else. You, you find reason to give yourself a hard oh, time. Oh yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it's a, it was a horrible place to be. In. You slowly have to start unpicking all the. Yeah, yeah, I'm picking it all. So yeah, so going back to the, the sort of uh, recovery side of it, then yeah, so I had uh, CBT over the phone. I had the group therapy. I also had another therapy. I had an insurance policy which actually paid out for depression. That was that was another story. Story that was um, uh, when I first rang them up and sort of said, yeah, I've, I've been signed off of work. I've got this policy and everything else. And the guy on the other end of the phone actually made light of it. So I said, I've been signed off with stress, anxiety, depression. He said. Oh, I must stress to you if this is work related, we won't pay out. No, this is what? yeah. This what, is, and he actually meant that as a joke. He was yeah. He thought it was funny. Yeah, Jesus but this Christ. is this, this is so. This, I'm jumping ahead a little bit. This was like probably two, three months in. So I've already yeah. started getting my head into yeah, the idea yeah. of getting better. They end up giving me like two hundred pounds in compensation. But you think if, if I was lucky when I rang, but if if that happened you know, right at the beginning mm. and I was desperate, I had no money coming in. I needed that money, and someone's making jokes at the end of the line that yeah. could have tipped you over yeah, the edge could have seriously I mean, the, yeah, 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 yeah. It, is, it is a tip over the edge though yeah. isn't it you know, yeah. not, not the cause or anything no, like no. that but, but yeah it's, that's it that little one percent that could yeah. fuck you right up yeah, yeah. yeah. and yeah. that's the thing because you, you we take insurance out because you want to be covered you want yeah I suppose the knowing that if something does happen you're going to be alright you're going to yeah. have you get the money or whatever and that's that's exactly why why we do this right mm. it, it's that someone's made a joke out of someone's mental health mm. because it it hasn't historically been taken serious no. enough yeah. and that, yeah. that's an exact example because if you had uh, a disease like um yeah. you know like cancer or something like that yeah. and you rang up and said that would would that person make a joke of it Absolutely not. No, you know, no, you no. think of the amount of people that die because of their their mental health yeah. state, yeah. one way yeah, or another, yeah. not looking after themselves, suicide. Mm. Well, it's tantamount to like you being in a car accident, mm. right? Like having ended up with like losing a leg or a foot or something, and then him calling you Hopalong. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's just like <laughs> that's true. Yeah, how, how yeah. are we going to help you out then, Hopalong? <laughs> oh, oh, you're crazy. Oh, yeah, bloody hell. Yeah. yeah, let me pay you more. Yeah. What's oh, your it's, name? Peg Leg Pete. Yeah, yeah Peg Leg <laughs> oh, oh, dear. Hop yeah, on over here. We'll sort you out. Yeah. That was an interesting experience because they, um, what they had, so that, again, going back to recovery, they um, they put me in touch with like another therapist. So it's like face to face. And what I found from that, it was, it was it was good. But what the company did through the whole process, so obviously they're looking at it from a money, you know, they pay me out now monthly, like to cover the depression of it. What they did, they rang, they spoke to my therapist and the therapist sort of went through a list. And one of the things the therapist said was that he wasn't sure the therapy was going to work because, you know, I wasn't in, you know, I, I was lethargic. I wasn't interested. I, was, I didn't seem mm. interested in the therapy and everything else. One of the main things of depression is you do lose interest. But for the company to use that then against me, 
sort of questioning why oh, I need bonkers. it. It's yeah, and and sort of the end of this story with the insurance company. But basically, I had a I, I made a complaint about the whole way I was treated, and because at the time part of my therapy was to make notes of you know how I was feeling all the way through my days, and yeah. else, I was actually making quite good notes about how I was treated and how these people were making me feel. Um, so by the end of it, yeah, I got like they gave me two hundred pounds and said we're going to use this to help you know in the future with, with cases so mm. yeah so that was a positive i suppose but one of the things like i was saying about recovery i basically for the cbt actually they they told me to keep a diary of how i was feeling i was basically living hour to hour before we did this podcast i, I went over, over the weekend and went through my notes and and i was literally living hour to hour i couldn't mm. go any further than that you know just just i couldn't i couldn't manage anything past that i couldn't but was that helpful because you, it you took yet. away the, yeah. the grand scale of life yeah. and you, you broke it you, down. You you know, into I, it, yeah. I know when I, you know, in my job, when I work a strategy, if I look at it as a whole, I go, oh, that, that's a really ambitious place to get to. And then you just break it down. So you're taking piece by piece yeah. and, and yeah. you deal with each piece at a time. So yeah. would you say that helped you? Um, it did eventually, yeah. To start with, it felt like I was adding to what was going on in my head already that it was like something else another layer of oh I need to start thinking about writing stuff down which I didn't have to do. you know it, it felt like more of a yeah more of a it, it felt more pressure building up by doing it but then eventually it does yeah it does start to sort of make sense and I went from doing it an hour then I'd start doing like a morning and an afternoon and just general feelings and things I've been through. Sort of do you thing. think that uh, maybe might have built in a tiny bit of routine into your day that would have helped you? Yeah, possibly. I think, yeah, it, it, yeah, it's just, yeah. Just that little like modicum, small modicum yeah, of yeah. routine you, that you're going to write this little few words yeah. every once an hour and yeah. then build it to like once a morning and once in the afternoon or the yeah, evening th- or whatever. And I, uh, I remember at the time, so... Steve and I text each other a lot when you were going through this and I, I, yeah. I remember one time you text me and I think you mentioned something along the lines of having little things like I'm going to get up and open the curtains Yeah, was was a great start when you had that as, as part of your daily routine yeah. that was a little step out have a purpose exactly mm-hmm. yeah just just the smallest things can make a massive difference and you don't realise it at the time but even now just the fact that I've got up and I've got out of bed I've got myself washed or whatever I, instead of before thinking, oh, that's you know, that's what you do normally. That's that's your everyday. You you should be doing that, you know, whatever. I'm now thinking, all right, I'm feeling crap. I'm doing, yeah, you know, I'm not feeling great, but I've done this. And Setting it's, goals. Yeah, but it's just appreciating the little things. Yeah, like, little wins. Isn't yeah, it? yeah, exactly. It's yeah. like little battles yeah. in that cut, in that war. Yeah, winning those little battles. It's, it's yeah. everything. Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah, I mean that's like when we come to the band stuff. I'll, I'll go into a bit more, but. I did an interview and someone asked me like what success looks like for the band to be honest the success is us just doing the band you know that yeah that's we've already we've already hit success anything else that comes after that is a bonus that way the way I look at the band now if we never do a gig again it, it won't bother me as much because I know we've done so much you yeah. know even just by putting that little band together from where I started from so but anything that comes on top you then appreciate it a lot more because you know it's, yeah. it just adds to it going back to the, the diary you were keeping I know at the time you also kept a, a video diary yeah. I think and this is what I mentioned to you the other day there's a couple of minutes of you just just talking about you know how you were feeling 
and you sent it to me. And I'm, I'm not sure I ever told you what I was doing when, when I listened to that. I, I had my earphones on and I was queuing up to get on an aeroplane. I was travelling through work. And I watched it in the queue as we were getting on the aeroplane. Probably should have picked my moment a little bit better. Yeah. Watching you suffer, I cried in the queue. And I'm thinking, oh, my God, I've got to get on this plane. I've got to go to a meeting. Um, I've just seen that my cousin, who I love, he's got it out there. But I also had this sense of, you know, I was really proud that you were able to get that and I know that you would have looked back at that have you you know in your preparation for this have you gone back and watched any of those yeah again going back to the recovery I I gave myself some goals I mean at the time they just seemed like miles off but one of the goals was to um to do a documentary about the band how it started and where we sort of ended up with the album so I've got tons of footage I need to put it together it's one of those things I'll keep saying I'm going to do it I'm going to do it I've never found the right time to sort of say right that was the beginning and this is where we are now so we, it keeps you know it keeps changing so I, that is one thing I want to do um, but yeah those sort of videos yeah they really did help it, it's funny watching back now because it doesn't feel like you know this is four years ago me talking about this now is totally different the person I was before this happened I yeah. didn't talk to anyone. Yeah, you know, even when I spoke to my brother um, at the time, he said no one would have known because I, I never talk about it. I never open up. Never, I've never opened up, even like in relationships. So you know, for my first marriage, through other girlfriends, I've, there's, even with mates, ne- I've never sort of once went to someone and said that oh, I'm not feeling. Gr-. Yo, I've never done it. I just couldn't do it. I suppose you never learn how to do it. You never, you know, no one tells you, you know, how to talk. I, I think now, like we're saying, things are changing and yeah. people. Are, I mean, my daughter at school, they talk about it. You know how you feeling and they sort of put colours to it and things like that yeah. but it's, it's getting them thinking about it yeah when I was at school no one it should yeah. it should be part of the curriculum yeah. in both primary and secondary school in my yeah. opinion oh, totally. and, and you know. that that's our that's our mission isn't it make, yeah. make having these conversations yeah. normal yeah. yeah people have uh, likened our previous shows to listening to blokes just Couple sitting in the pub having a chat, having a mm. chat and that's how it should be and you'll all know from the first episode we did you know, I had a friend who took his own life and since then my group of friends that all knew him if anyone's having a, a, a rough time we talk about it and, yeah. and we have done yeah. and, and that's a good thing and yeah. you know during your journey Steve at what point did you come to the decision like you accepted that it's okay to talk about this yeah. you can be open with yeah. it and, and look this stuff scares whoever you're talking to yeah. about anyway but you know as human beings we've got to make sure that we listen to yeah. someone when they're opening up and yeah. don't immediately give advice and no yeah. just be an yeah. ear yeah. yeah just be an ear yeah. and just be there I, I, the amount of times when I've like even just talking to my missus, she's one of the most stoic people you could ever meet right. in your whole life, isn't she? Yes. And she she's strong. She's like obviously she opens up to me, but all uh, there's been times in our like when on my journey going through all this that all I've wanted her to do is just give me a hug and tell me everything's all right, even though she doesn't know everything's going to be all right. But that stops her from doing it because she just yeah. wants to be honest. Yeah. And she doesn't know enough. So she won't tell me that, even though because right. she just wants to do yeah. the right thing, yeah. and and that's similar with all this. In that, yeah. Yeah. you know, if someone comes to you and they're having trouble, and they're you know whether they're like not even a close friend, they're just yeah. like a, an acquaintance. Yeah. You know, you've asked them in passing how they're getting on, and and you don't know that they're going through a tough time, and yeah. they'll say, "Well, yeah, no, I'm I'm having I'm suffering with anxiety, or I had a panic attack the weekend for the first time." Mm. You know, Casey's just to be there and just say. Jesus, like, yeah, you know, just to be there and just not not judge and not promise anything even. Just just say, that's really awful. Yeah. 
do you want to talk about yeah, it? Yeah, do you want to talk about yeah. it? Here's my number if you ever yeah. want to talk about it, just yeah. so they know they've got an outlet yeah. if they need yeah. it. Exactly. Would you be willing to seek help? I can help yeah. you with that. Just yeah, now. we can work yeah. on this together if you, if you want. The, the yeah. same as if someone said, look, I've got this massive lump sticking out of yeah. my neck. Be like, well, have you seen a doctor? Yeah. You know, what did they say? You really should go and see a doctor. Yeah. yeah, yeah you know, exactly. Don't ignore it. Yeah. You know, that, yeah. it's the natural thing you say when someone's got a, a clear you know, problem something physically. Physical, something, yeah, yeah you yeah. know, with volume, you know, physical volume. Yeah. But um, you know, um, when someone does the same with mental health, a lot, a lot of times it's like, oh, okay, all right, well, you know, good luck with that. Yeah. Because yeah. people. Yeah. Oftentimes, it's scary. It's, yeah, but oftentimes people don't want to give the right words because they're not dealing with theirs. Yeah, yeah because they true. don't know what to say to themselves adequately, and so they're p- putting it under the carpet. And their wobble is probably a few months down the line or a couple of years or whatever. Yeah. But because they're hiding it like we all have, they don't want to take on yours as well. It's, it's difficult, isn't it? It's like now I, I, I totally understand what, what I went through. I understand it now and I understand how it happened and why it happened. But at the time, it was hard because I, I, if we were having this conversation four years ago, I wouldn't know where to start. I wouldn't associate having, you know, what stress. I wouldn't associate of how I was feeling. It's weird. So mm. yeah, and everyone's at a different point at a different time. Yeah. I mean, today I feel I feel great, but you know, over Christmas I had a couple of days where this would be the last thing I want to do is sit yeah. actually talk to this anyone. Correct. So I it's understand that. yeah, it's trying to balance. It's trying to at the moment the three of us we we know what we're doing. We're all chatting. It's great. We're on the level. We know what's happening, but that can change tomorrow. That could. It, it's yeah. so hard to. Yeah, to do I, it. I remember conversations you and I had, Steve, and I think I texted you. It was probably always a Monday or a Tuesday. I think the text just probably went along the lines of, "I fucking hate the school run," right? because there were people in the playground, yeah. and and I had no interest in yeah. making any eye contact with any of them. No. Now I love the school run. Have a chat with someone. See your see your kids' mates. Oh, you're all right. You know, yeah. I like it, and it's yeah. um, there's nothing wrong with the school run. You know, that yeah. was that was part of your routine that helped you. But for yeah. me, yeah. sometimes getting up and doing the school yeah. run was the last thing I wanted to yeah. do because yeah. there were people there. Yeah. It's exactly yeah. what you say. You know, like yeah. sometimes you just don't want to face yeah. people. Society. Just talk to you, and you've got no, you've got nothing. Yeah, yeah. Well, you've got yeah. nothing there. You've got nothing no. to say. Well, this is this is you it. can't hide yeah. it. You can't you can't like sugarcoat things yeah. anymore. Yeah. Mm. Well, that, that, when it first happened well, in January uh, that, 2019, um, when I was doing the school run, I couldn't look anyone in the face. I couldn't. Yeah. I just couldn't. There was no conversation. There was nothing. It was like it was li- literally a shell. You know, just I was going through that routine of there's just nothing there. It, it's, it's a horrible place to be because what happened was I went even darker. I suppose you know without going into too much detail but it was it was it went really really dark well, it just didn't couldn't talk to anyone and you couldn't see a way out of it then yeah it, you sort of hit bottom it's so, a, it's a difficult yeah. state of mind and yeah. and, and yeah. i've been there and you know not not shared it with too many people but yeah there there was a period in 2020 lockdown mm. work was stressful barely sleeping i was drinking a lot of weekends whereas i wasn't suicidal i did go out for a walk one day and I just watched the traffic and at that point for me I, I understood self-harm mm. right? and, and it's not something I ever understood before but kind of being in that frame of mind like mm. okay I'm not I'm not going to do anything stupid yeah. but I understand yeah, why yeah. people do it I understand yeah. why people want to hurt themselves I couldn't explain it it's a feeling that I suddenly was very aware of mm. and yeah. kind of aware of that with myself as well I got back to my desk and I rung my counsellor friend after that I was like mate yeah. I just need a bit of help here because uh, I'm starting to worry about my own state of mind and, and 
you know, it's dark. Yeah. It's yeah. dark, and yeah. it's it's a yeah. it's a horrible feeling to have a dark feeling, especially when you can't see your way out of it. Yeah. 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 yeah, you you can see how things really escalate. In my case, it escalated so quickly. I think that's probably why, like, I, I've managed to sort of, I've managed to sort of bounce up. When I when I did start recovering, it happened quite quick, and then I started getting myself involved in um, working with charities through the band and things like that. Yeah. I started. Well, I wanted to get more involved. I actually did um, a counselling course as well, which is the only exam I've ever passed. When I started doing the course, um, I passed passed the first level sort of thing. But it's quite obvious that there's no way I could be a counsellor. There were so many triggers going on. If well, they do say, don't they? That because I, when I've had counselling in the past, I don't know how it came. I can't remember how it came up now. But I remember one of them said to me, "Yeah, you you can't become a counsellor if you're of this kind of, for want of a better way of putting it, mindset." Right. Yeah. Because she said the problem is, is is that you take on other people's problems and then you can't distance yourself enough in order to be able to do yeah. like the job, if you like, correctly. Yeah. To be honest, I'm not really sure whether I completely agree with it because. Yeah. I sort of feel like if you've had depression and anxiety, it's going to make you more yeah, I think, empathetic, yeah, isn't for it? A lot, I think for a lot of, sort of counsellors on this course anyway, they had experienced it. They could then use you know, other people's as a strength for themselves. You know, they were using helping people that was helping their own yeah. sort of situations. But I think from my, from my way of looking at it, it I, I, I'm, I'm really happy to talk about general you know sort of mental health and everything else because you know with the music and everything else it, it, it all sort of ties in but to actually be responsible for someone else's mental health in a counseling yeah. for me it, it wouldn't have worked you know I, I i sort of yeah because i think like having gone through what you've gone through yeah. and gone through times where it's got dark and you get that feeling that it could have got darker you, we just don't know, do you? You're in exactly. that sort of like that void where you you don't know if you're going to get worse or better, and that's the scare, one of the scary things about it because you, yeah. you're it's almost like you become a passenger. Mm. You could become a passenger in your own head because you don't know where you're going to be. So you're on this sort of like you're on this roller coaster and you don't know. And so having to help other people with theirs. I don't think I could do it. I'd I'd sort of feel like I'd have to be some kind of actual psychologist as opposed to to a counsellor yeah. to know what could happen. I, I I agree with you. I think it'd be too much responsibility. Yeah, yeah. and that would in itself become stressful, wouldn't it? Oh, totally. Yeah, totally. So how do you yeah you know, how do you sort of separate yourself? You can sort of see it all becoming one big, you know, separating your own feelings from, you know, their feelings, your feelings. And, yeah, it, it's interesting doing the course, and, and I'm glad I did it. For me. Well, it probably all added. Yeah, it definitely helped. I mean, I've, I've met quite a few people. From, I'm still in contact with a few people from the course. Um, one one guy, he's a, a DJ, and he plays our stuff quite a bit, so that's good. But, yeah, it's it was it was good to do it. And, again, it was another one of these sort of goals I sort of said I wanted to do. I didn't want to go through all of this and then come out at the end and not have anything to sort of show, not show for it. Um, that's probably the wrong sort of way of putting it. But I didn't want to experience all that, hit that bottom, and then just what was all that about sort of thing. Mm, and, and mm. yeah, and I wanted to make sure that this isn't going to happen again sort of thing. And the more, like, even doing these sort of things, doing stuff with a band, it's... It's me sort of doing things to make sure I don't go back to where I was. You yeah, know? that's more scary than doing this. Yeah, you know, I could I could see it talk about mental health all day. That's less scary than what where I was when I was sat on the sofa not knowing mm. what day of the week it was or mm. what's going to happen in the next five minutes. Mm. That was scary. That was well, that's scary. that's good perspective, isn't it? Yeah. Do you often reflect back on that? Does it upset you? It's definitely something that I've done, you know, that, that time standing at the road and, and having a big realisation that I'm not well. I look back on that and it, it, it does upset me. You just think, God, yeah. I really wasn't well. How, how did I get there? 
Yeah. I know how I got there. But generally, not looking after oneself and a, a lot of stuff at the time going yeah. off in uh, in uh, my personal life. Plus the added weirdness of COVID yeah. lockdown. Yeah, standing two meters away from people in yeah. queues outside Tesco. You know, yeah. some people dealt with that. I didn't deal with that. The the, the thing with COVID for me personally, uh, when it all kicked off, you know, in 2019, I'd already had a year of just craziness. So COVID was actually quite was quite a nice break for me. Yeah, you know, it's like. <laughs> You could say stay at home on furlough. I needed a year off after the year I'd had, so for yeah. me it was it was it wasn't great, but it was it was easier to sort of deal with, like you know the, yeah. the lockdown. I was quite happy to sort of stay in all the time and and you know just sort of yeah just try and just take a break from everything. Mm. Which mm. and yeah, I mean that's one thing that I've sort of realised is 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 sort of time. We never sort of give, you never get the time just to stop and and just reset or just it's just, so important, you yeah. Know. Yeah, so important. Oh, definitely. Yeah, I mean, it took me from when it started in January. Because um, obviously, the job that I, that new job, they they kept fair play to them. They kept me on uh, statutory sick for for about seven months, I think. So yeah, so they they were great, they were yeah. really good. Um, and then I, there's no way I was going to go back because it, it, I just couldn't. <laughs> yeah, because it gets weird, doesn't it? Yeah, I, I don't know how. Not in the nicest possible yeah, way. I don't mean it horrible, no, but like. No. But they didn't know you. No, right? yeah. you, you were you were yeah. a stranger. You yeah. just this guy that came and went, and yeah. has been on sick pay yeah. for like seven yeah. months. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know, even know, knowing what you know now, like yeah. it wouldn't be a comfortable thing to do. No, but it take, takes a lot not. of guts to walk back in there. Like, just yeah. go. I'm back, everyone. Yeah. I'm okay. I'm okay now. <laughs> Stop worrying. Yeah. <laughs> I'm okay. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, Steve. You know, Steve. Yeah. 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 yeah, I'll go back after four years and go yeah. back in there. Sort of, so, bringing, you know, it's bringing it. IT up, yeah. going, I've forgotten my login details. Yeah, yeah. It's like, well, you never bloody had them yeah, in the first place. you never used them in the first place. They're exactly what they were before. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that would have been a nightmare. I'm interested to know how your missus coped with all this. Yeah, she was it. Was she scared? Was she? Was she not really? She's quite a strong character as well, and she, in a, in a good way, she didn't really react in a oversensitive way, or, or yeah, she just stayed, stayed on, on the level. level. Yeah. yeah, and I think that that sort of got us through it. I mean, to be fair to her, I don't know how she did it because at that time, her, her dad, um, he passed away now, but he he was had cancer, um, so he was really ill. She just started a new job as well, which she hated. Um, oh. And then she's got me ringing her up the Thursday or the next morning saying I've been signed off. For, but yeah, she got through it. I mean, yeah. I mean, I, I was pretty much useless for for months. So she she was basically doing everything, looking after, you know, making sure things were getting done. And yeah, without her, it, it would. Yeah, yeah. I'd, Thank God for strong women, eh? Yeah, I, I don't know how she no. she did it. You never know. You're going to trigger something off in somebody that you think that you've never seen in them before could potentially yeah. happen. Yeah, it's it's hard because you don't know how to how deep you go with conversations and things mm. like that. You know, mm. you like you say you don't know. It's a strange one because you don't know how someone's coping with a situation until we well, just don't know how people no. are coping. Like saying her her dad was really ill, so there was all that going on as well. So she was sort of chugging a lot of things at the same time. Yeah, yeah. But managed, yeah. managed to get. Oh, she sounds going. brilliant. Yeah, yeah she actually is. From my experience, you you can find yourself if you're going to tell your wife, best friend, you know, or anyone that's like very very close to you, parents, 
whatever, you know when you say it, there's no going back as well. Right? Mm-hmm. So it can be a scary thing to fully open up to someone you're that close to. Yeah. And I think there's, there's a lot of people who are married or they live with someone that suffers. You, you hear it, don't you? They quite often say, I just don't, I don't know what's wrong with them. You know, mm-hmm. I, I, can't, mm. I can't get them to open up. Mm. My experience, is, it's a fear of once it's out there, that person cares for you so much that they're going to put you on a path that you probably should go on. Yeah. But it's scary. You know? Yeah, exactly. Like, They're going to make you do the things that you yeah. you know you should do. Yeah. And, and if left to your own devices, you probably wouldn't do it. My wife at the time, she she said, look, you, I think you need professional help. This is mm. this is way beyond me. And and until I made that decision myself, I didn't want to go on antidepressants. Right? Right. And, I, and I knew that's the first thing that someone would say. So yeah. I wanted to avoid going to the doctor. Mm. So you know, mm. I rung a guy that I know who's a counsellor. Uh, he specialises in addiction. I was drinking a lot through lockdown and whatnot. We all did, I think. And the first thing he said to me was, have you considered a route of antidepressants? Well, I, I don't want to do that. And, mm. and he said, mm. why? I said, well, because I don't just want to pop a pill and everything be okay. He goes, try it. It might just give you a, a platform to then build upon. Mm. Now, I used them, I think, for a couple of months and I felt they weren't for me. And, and the reason being is mine and Steve's uncle's funeral, we went to the funeral and, and I felt nothing that day. Oh, I just flat. felt flat. You know, and and I've never felt like that at a funeral. You know, Mm -hmm. funerals I've been to where I don't even know the person particularly well. You know, old lady down the road, and you just go and pay your respects. I've I've felt upset for the people around me that that clearly love them. Mm. But at the at the funeral, you know, it's Charlotte's dad. I'm very close Ah, to Charlotte, and you know, I saw how upset she was, and and I just had nothing. I I just I couldn't feel upset. That that didn't work for me. And, right. and, you know, I know antidepressants work for a lot of people and, and I'm glad that I gave it a go. But during that time, I did feel better. It, it felt like instead of having this uh, big scribble of lots of different colours going on in my head all the time, I still had all the colours, but they were in, like, straighter lines and I, I could think yeah. of them yeah. individually without yeah. trying to think of everything as, well, as one big mess. Involved, yeah, like exactly. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, for, for me, I... I, I I've, I've actually come off them now. I came off them, um, but when I was taking them, they were it's very mild dosage. It's like twenty milligrams of paroxetine or whatever. And I think looking at it, it's yeah, you know, it's, it's tiny, really. Yeah. But so I think it's more sort of a placebo type effect because I took them first slot in two thousand seventeen. They came off them, went back on them, and it's right. I, it just for me, it just sort of took the edge off. Like you say, it made, it made calmed everything down a bit. So, like, but but on the other hand, it I did feel numb. I did feel, you know, I, I didn't have the same sort of emotion. But, but not an emotional person. But I, I don't sort of show emotion. You know, I don't. Well, this is probably a part of my all my problems. Really, the build up is I've got no release of if I'm angry. I, I'm very. I don't shout. I don't get into fights with people. I don't. I'm very calm. Yeah. On the surface, underneath, you know, this. Like the old swan thing, isn't it? On, on oh, you know, yeah, yeah. they're going like the yeah. clappers underneath right, yeah. up here. But I had no way of expressing it or no way of showing it. So the pills sort of worked for me the, for a while. Um, but I think I said to you when I came off them, I went shopping about a week after coming off them, and my head was like, uh, as I think I said to you, it's like a Tarantino, a Tarantino uh. film. In my head, I was punching everyone. <laughs> it was just carnage going on, and I'm trying to keep everything sort of do my shopping and just keep it. So when you came off them, yeah. did you come off them gradually? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did, you yeah, have to, don't yeah, you? Yeah. Would you say it's paroxetine? Paroxetine, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So what ones were you on? I can't remember. Little round things. <laughs> <laughs> Mine were. My, I'm on um, citalopram. They're the ones. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry, we've had this conversation. <laughs> right. Yeah. So I'm on twenty milligrams, and oh, I've been okay. on them for right. like 
I reckon this is year 10. I think it's the 10. Right. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, okay. Because I, I, um, I'm on 20 milligrams at the moment. I was on 10. And basically, I didn't know. I was under the impression that they were just anti-anxiety. This is what I was told in the beginning. So they were stopped. Because the reason why I went on in the beginning, because I had this absolutely gigantic uh, panic attack and it came out of nowhere. It was so bad. All I wanted to do was either faint or run. I've never felt like it since. So I was on, and I, it was since, well, since my dad died, I went on a higher dosage. But I, I don't want to be on them forever. Yeah. I really don't. Yeah. No, it's not that I don't agree with them, because I do, because I think yeah. they're allowing me to function yeah. better. But at the moment, I think I am, they're, they're still main, they're, my brain still maintains this fear of having a panic attack again. Yeah. And that's terrifying. It's not just antidepressants. I personally, I take medication every morning and every night since having my stroke. Out of the whole of the business around the stroke, that was the most difficult thing for me. I accepted that the stroke happened. They showed me the medical notes and and how they come to that decision and the the scans and stuff. I could accept that. But accepting what felt like a life sentence of taking medication every yeah. single day that yeah. that took a while for me to yeah. to really really accept and i spoke to i don't want to be on these for you know for a long period of time mm. yeah it's, it was a funny one really because it, it was after we we did the misfit ball in november um, yeah and then i sort of slowly came off yeah sort of took the dosage yeah. down and i was running out anyway so i i haven't really sort of taken any medical advice about it i just i sort of looked up at you know what you yeah. online and and i i sort of sort of said to myself, I am strong enough to, you know, to, to do it. And if I do, you know, if I do start having, you know, going back backwards, I've, you know, I've got no problem going back on them. But as it sort of turned out, it's sort of been okay. Yeah, it, it, I suppose all of it really is just trying to find that balance of coping and, and just... Doing things at yeah. the right time as well, yeah, isn't it? Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And you, you own that choice. Yeah, it's hard. To, but yeah, because a lot of it is, is how, it's, it's down to you, isn't it? What, how you're going to do it. And, yeah. How much, but the fact yeah. that you came to that conclusion that you didn't want to be on them anymore and you felt confident that you didn't need to do it, yeah. and actually you also had that little bit of background sort of experience that if it started to get like bad again, you would know what was happening, wouldn't you? Yeah. Which is what you wouldn't have... The you, triggers. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and seeing those little yeah. um, things happening in your mind and your mindset. You know, you wouldn't... Like years ago before this, you would have probably not given that much credence, would you? No, definitely. Definitely. Yeah, you start becoming aware of how you're feeling. And, and like we were saying earlier, the, now if I'm feeling down, I can normally put it down to something. Yeah. That's, maybe I haven't, like we were saying, about sleeping or having too much to drink and you can put it down to it and it, it, it starts making sense and you can sort of appreciate what what does trigger things and what doesn't and just making sure that, yeah, there's nothing there that sort of hits you quick, you know, and, yeah. and sort of knocks you out. But I think, um, like I was saying, there's, it, it's just a massive build-up. It, it's, it's interesting now because I've, I've, I've had about five jobs since um, oh, lockdown. Right. Yeah. Uh, it's probably about third or fourth. Um, mm. And it's interesting, but now, now I've got no problem going into any job and just sort of starting again. Mm. But again, that's because I've now... I know what triggers me. I know why I'm going to work. I, I've, I've, I've sort of told myself, you know, I'm doing this job to pay you know, for the family and it pays mm. for me to do music. So I'm happy with that, and I can deal with that. And and now I've got to a point where I I can I leave work and I forget about it. Uh, when I at five o'clock or whatever, half five, whatever, yeah. it's finished. I, yeah. I won't even think about it now until tomorrow morning. No. Weekends I don't think about it at all. 
But whereas, if we go, like, so go back before it all started, I, I couldn't switch off from work at all. Um, no. So I was working long hours, not really working in the evenings, but I wasn't stopping thinking, you know, I kept thinking about it. Random, 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 yeah. your head. And then weekends, and I remember going on holidays where I would be checking my phone. Yeah. Oh, oh, man. It's just, it's just yeah. oh, dear. It's so, yeah, now, obviously, I'll never, I'll never get into a job. I just wouldn't do it. Even if you know you could offer me all the money in the world, I wouldn't do it because yeah. it's going to affect my happiness. I've, I've been there, and you you wake up at two in the morning, and you think I didn't send that email, and that's it. You're not you're not going back to sleep again. I've, I've yeah. opened my laptop at silly o'clock, right. and then I go and have a look. Oh, I did send it. Mm. You get back in bed because yeah. that that one thought just grows and grows and grows. And the same, I'd, I'd be on holiday. I'd be checking my emails. And I'd be talking about work, just talking yeah. about work. I'd see my dad. I'd tell him all about work. I never tell my dad about work anymore because, yeah. like you, I don't, I don't think yeah. about work outside no. of work time. Work, work was my, it was my shield. It's my shield. Right? If yeah. I, if I'm always working, I don't have to step back and I have to deal with all the yeah. other stuff. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the one thing I've learned for all of this, you know, sort of from the deep, meaningful bit, your happiness is the most important thing above anything else, yeah. above other relationships, above work, above anything if you're not happy then you, how can you make anything else happen you know how can you be happy in anything else once you strip back all the the negativity and stuff that that's basically the bottom line is you've, you've got to make yourself happy yeah you yeah. whatever you're doing like now this sort of stuff makes me happy I'm, I'm getting you know i know this if i have any wobbles or anything i can i'll listen back to this or i'll listen to i'll put the album on and tell mm. myself even for all that shit at the end of it i, I did an album yeah i've never done that it's interesting actually. I saw um, an, um, uh, an interview with Craig David, and he he hit rock bottom. Yes, and he was saying that he, you have to, even for all that negative and everything else, you will find bits of beauty, and they will they'll mm. they'll mm. come out eventually. And it's really inter- It's really interesting what you're sort of saying because yeah, you you hit that dark place, but but from it you can push yourself in the right direction. And like I'm saying, like the music is just. I, I mean, I basically wrote that album, you know, from from the start to finish. In about six months, no way I would have done it before then. No, they were in there, but I, I couldn't. I, I would never have got them out like no. this. You know, it's, no, it's, no, you had that. Free, felt that freedom. Yeah, yeah. We've obviously mentioned the, the music side a lot so far in this episode, mm. and I don't think we've even spoke about what the what the band's name is, and mm. and you know some of the titles of the songs and some of the lyrics, and yeah. and I almost referenced one of your songs earlier, but I thought I'd wait until this part of the yeah. podcast yeah. if we can really get into the music. Yeah. Bit. And it was, it was saying when you know you're doing the school run and you were in a shell, and it me- immediately made me f- think of the the song "Dead Behind the Eyes," yeah. right? And um, <laughs> I obviously know a lot about the the lyrics and and why the lyrics are what they are because of, of being on, let's say, the journey with you yeah. um, through, yeah. through your, your mental health challenges. Yeah, so why don't you tell us what the band are called and, and talk about some of your songs and how that helped you get to you know, yeah, sure. the point today where you're enjoying talking about arguably your darkest time. Yeah, sure. sure. Well, the band is Last of the Misfit Heroes. Yeah, I mean, the Misfit part is, I think, is how I felt you know, probably much... All my life, if you know, if I go back, I've I've never really fitted into anywhere, you know, or I've never felt I have. Um, so that's where the misfit bit, the heroes bit, is coming out of the other side and make you know being happy with that you know decision of not fitting in anywhere. Mm. Um, and the last of the bit was me basically saying to myself, I'm never going back to that dark place again. You know, that's it. You know, mm. this is I'm happy now where I am. And and even like the title of the album, uh, Hope for the Hopeless. You know, it's. Mm. 
I mean, I, the, that's the word that keeps popping up is like hope. In any, you do need hope. You need, mm. you know, mm. so it's everything. Uh, yeah. yeah, but the the whole songwriting process now is it, it, it was strange. So even all this, like we were saying earlier, when the, the sort of dam went down and, and everything came out. I didn't realise all, all the bad stuff came out, but then I didn't realise there was good stuff in there as well. At the time, I couldn't even pick up a guitar. Like we were saying about, I was doing CBT, you know, so they're telling you, you know, do something you enjoy. And in my in my diary, I was looking through, I, I tried to pick up a guitar once for five minutes and I couldn't do it. I just couldn't get any enjoyment. I lost no interest in it. I had mm. no interest in it. Um, but eventually, as I started going through the therapy and the treatment and everything else, I started to I started go, actually going listening back to sort of albums from when I was younger, going back to like sort of Iron Maiden, mm. you know the stuff I sort of grew up on, um, and even sort of rediscovering bands like Nirvana. And because like when they came out in the nineties, I was sort of more into heavy metal. I was, I was Metallica, Slayer. Oh. I was that's my sort of thing. Yeah. So even though I knew all the Nirvana stuff, I never really got into it. But then you sort of go back over it, and it's it's amazing. Uh, and a lot of these albums as well, it, they're sort of stories of like you know. Uh, the, the, one of the better albums is um, The Hybrid Theory, Linkin Park. But that's all his struggle with mental health is in an album and he's putting it out there and he's telling you. And I never sort of picked up on those sort of things. Mm. But now I listen to it and I can appreciate what, what the bad that they've been through and things like that. And and then all of a sudden it, I started writing stuff and it, it started coming easy. Not Not easy, it just sort of, things started flowing. And it was like, oh, okay, this makes sense. But I wasn't, I totally changed the way I, I used to. I, I sort of wrote a song now, whereas before I may force something or you 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 write. You're not writing for the right sort of reasons. If you see what I mean, it's it's like writing a song. Is someone going to like it? I what write, rhymes with? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. And you overthink every little bit. Now I write a song. Do I like it? Yeah, I'm happy. So that's what I need to worry about. Everything else is out of my control. It's, yeah. it's nothing... You know, well, everything else is a big Brucey bonus, isn't it? Exactly. Yeah. This is it. Yeah. This is it. So, but yeah, I use, like saying, the lyrics. So, um, there's some lyrics in there. I mean, even the first song, Creating a Monster, is, is probably the one that yeah, I think I'm most proud... Uh, that, if you know, if you want to sum up everything I've been through, that song, Creating a Monster, is like, you know, is exactly it. Um, but the, the, there's a couple of lines. Um, the first two lines. The first one is, um, so what makes you special? And it's someone... Well, I won't say who it was, but he used to say, you know, some people have said that to me in the past. What, you know, what makes you special? And it sort of stuck with me. Mm. And I've used it as a negative against myself. Mm. Why, why am I special? And you overthink things and things like that. So it was good just to get all these different things people have said or things I said to myself and just put them all out. Yeah. And just felt it was a release. But it was a positive release for at the same time when all the negative stuff was going. Mm. So it was, I remember like the first uh, rehearsal we had because um, we were a three-piece. So there's myself um, on bass, there's Ange, my best mate. We went to school together. And we, so, mm. you know, so I've known you since we were five. So we played in bands all, all that time. And then our cousin Chris, he played drums. Ah. Um, so we got him involved. And I remember that first rehearsal. I think it was the April. So I, I, you know, I sort of been signed off. And that was a, another weird thing as well because I was, it was all very strange because... I was being told by a therapist and everything, you know, do what makes you happy. And it was it was strange because I, I felt guilty about, you know, going to a rehearsal when I, I'm ill. And I was, you know, I, I am ill. I wasn't. Yeah. And it, yeah, again, that really sort of threw me out. But it was good because I, 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 I showed him a couple of ideas I had. We just sort of had jam and, and, and it went very quickly then. Um, so within like a year, we'd, you know, recorded an EP, done, uh, done a few gigs. And it just sort of, sort of, took off it's all coming from um 
just being just being able to be creative and just yeah. just produce something that we could be so proud of. I suppose. It, it occurs to me that it sounds really nice the fact that you've got your best mate on bass, yeah, and you had your cousin on yeah. the drums. Yeah, that's a lovely thing. Yeah, I think. it's a safe environment. Yeah, yeah it's, it's lovely it's, that because yeah. I can imagine just yeah. being in bands with. Uh, with other people, it, it it can become an unsafe environment, right? Yeah, music's a funny thing, especially when you've got different creative ideas and things like that. There's, sometimes it can be great and it, it can work really well, and, but other times it can clash. And but it seems to it, me it invites another... It, it, sorry, not invites, or that rather it, it, it introduces another variable. Mm. Whereas, like, if you're in a band with your best mate and your cousin... yeah. yeah. You're all going to more likely to have a similar taste in music and similar sort of, you know, your your direction you want to go in is yeah, more, like, more yeah. likely, I guess. Yeah. To... Is it well? This works really well. I mean, I I, I tend to uh, like write all the material sort of thing. So, Ange is probably one. He's an amazing bass player. So, basically, I'll get the I'll get the song, get the you know the, the music ideas. I don't even tell him what to do. He just does it. And the same with Chris. To be fair, we 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 never sort of sat down and said, "Right, you do this, you do that." bit. you got the idea, and just let everyone else just do what they yeah. they're good at doing. And and yeah. you know, when we came to record like the album, and I never I never really sort of said what guitar sort of sound or what. I just it's all very easy and basic. I'd, and I never sort of had a discussion with the engineer or the producer, just sort of how I wanted it to sound. I just let him do what you know, just let him yeah. do what they're good at. Yeah. You do what you do, and just try and get capture a sort of a live sound. You know, yeah. Just, I think you can definitely overthink things and you can put too much into it and you can yeah. and you lose that whole essence of what you want. When you get that feeling, when you you know when you've written something yeah, that's good, you, I, I get feeling and you just think, yeah, that, that works. Yes, yeah, that's you know? done. Yeah, yeah that's, I've, I'm not going to add any more to that. Exactly, yeah. Then we'll so, flourish. It doesn't need it. it. Yeah. I'm not going to gild the lily here. Exactly. And I think, yeah, in music you can definitely do it. You can definitely overdo stuff. That's yeah. why I quite like the, the idea of a three-piece as well. You know, you you haven't got extra keyboards, you haven't got another no. guitarist. It's all very, um, yeah, it's very quite raw. And it's, yeah. It's, yeah, and you can capture that feeling as well. So, yeah, so really, um, yeah, we've been quite lucky. Um, Chris has left the band now, which um, yeah, is a shame. But I can, I can sort of, we didn't have, there was no mass fallout or anything. It was all, all very, um, I think, I can sort of see, if this was his first sort of band, I think he he did enjoy it. I'm, I'm sure he enjoyed it, but we, we did a few gigs like, on a Sunday night driving to Birmingham playing uh, six people. Yeah. If you don't enjoy that half an hour, 40 minutes of playing on stage, then that does ruin your day, I suppose. Yeah. Oh, um, it's a long way to go to. Mm-hmm. So we've done quite a few gigs. Some some have been better than others, yeah, but we, we're happy to sort of travel around and, and do all that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And I think for Chris, that's probably a bit too, is a bit too far. You know, just mm-hmm. the, that next next push. The, the best thing about it, I've, I've been connecting with people um, you know, since starting the band and then obviously going through lockdown doing radio interviews because obviously no one could go out and, and play during mm. lockdown. So we did really well getting our name out. There was loads of online radio stations and yeah. things like that. So I was doing interviews like in the States with radio stations and, and things like this. So we've made some really good connections and it's really interesting. As soon as you sort of open up and, and about how the band started and where it's come from and, and all the negative stuff, but it was really good. I was, I was chatting to um, a DJ out she was in America and I sort of said about my, my issues and we went through a couple of songs and then she started talking about her you know what she'd been through mm. and you know we're two strangers totally no yeah. connection at all we, we're having this conversation it's very natural no she was telling me some really you know, quite deep stuff really and but, but it's, it, yeah one, I think once you connect and yeah and I think you know music definitely does that you, you get a sort of connection 
Um, well, it's like I said, I don't know which episode it was. I think it was probably the grief one, possibly. Or it might have been our taster that we did. I remember um, saying that one of the best, well, probably the best thing I ever did was stopping giving a shit what people thought. Mm. I, I, I'm very upfront. I don't hold back. I, I'll, I'll tell people that I've... You know, if it's if it's a pertinent to the situation, then I'll. And that uh, that that served us well during our time as coaches because everyone had an opinion of, in that, didn't they? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was this football. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, yeah. right. Oh yeah. God, that's where this idea come from, didn't it? Yeah, from the side right. of a football pitch and yeah, just just seeing that uh, that conditioning of um, uh, little boys being told they can't cry and stuff, and you know, get up, pull yourself yeah, here, yeah, man yeah. up, yeah, grow up right. here, yeah, yeah, all yeah. of that. Yeah. Saying, wow, it starts there. Yeah, yeah it starts this, there. And this sort yeah. of toxic, mes- you know, masculinity that you see. Mm. If you, I mean, if you can, if you can identify as toxic mas- masculinity as a man, you know that's bad. Yeah, yeah. you know it's bad. And we've seen, right. we've seen some awful stuff. Yeah, from from the side there. Yeah. Well, this this is it. I think you, you sort of go. Yeah, you can go right back to. I mean, I like you know through my own therapy and stuff like that. I'd, there's probably things that have happened. Even going to school and stuff like that, school wouldn't didn't suit me. Mm. Uh, I didn't I didn't like being part of a you know sort of a crowd. I didn't mm. want to I didn't want to be a part of it. And I, I was never sort of naughty. I was never I'd, so I was always sort of just you know sort of poodled along. You know, yeah, just doing bits. Of, yeah, yeah. I, didn't, I didn't. It just didn't do it for me in, in any way at all. But I think you sort of then take that into I've taken it into jobs and things like that. Where I've just sort of done what I've had to do. I, I, I don't know. I, I think the whole thing with schools as well. You, it does. You you lose people as you go through. I think you. Mm. You know, some people it's great and brilliant. They're gonna, you know, but you're told, aren't you? If you don't do well at school, you know, if you don't get your grades, you don't. You, you know, you're not gonna get the good job. You're not, mm. and you, and that sort of conditioned into you. Yeah. Um. And that and that doesn't help either. No. It's, it's not. No, it's never too late to reinvent yourself. No, totally, totally. But you're you you're sort of yeah, you're sort of. It, it, that, do you know what? And it and it, and it just it still happens now. Mm. I mean, you know, our eldest are, are although they're the same age and not the same school, but you know, you get this whole yeah, you got to pass this because of this, and you got to do this, and you got to do this, and you got to do that, and yeah. it's yeah, and that that exactly what happened. One pe- one parents' evening, we we were sat down and they talked about his predicted grades, and they said, you know, if if you get these grades, you can do these A-levels and you'll end up at that university. And mm. Seb's just like, well, what's the other path other than mm. university? Yeah. And this, well, well, you're intelligent to get into the, enough to get into the best universities. Mm. And I said, it's just like, yeah, but you know, th- there are other routes. You don't have yeah. to go down this route of education. Mm. I never went to university. Mm. I do okay. Um, mm. You know, I've had to work hard. I feel quite strongly about the whole um, academic Route right. Yeah, this, I do. You are successful as a child in your education if you get these results. Mm. Some some poor student may you know, be absolutely awful at maths, English, science, but you know you you put them in, in a room with a I don't know, a blowtorch and some mm. copper piping. Mm. They they yeah. may see right. Okay, all right. There's a there's a light switch there. We have to go around that, yeah. and and yeah. they can just think in that way. Yeah, I'm rubbish at that sort of stuff. I think it's great when you see a, a, a tradesman just look at something, work it out, and visualise yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. I can't do that. Yeah, I'm not creative like that. You I know? haven't got that gene. No. The rest of my yeah. family has. Yeah. I haven't got it. Right. I'm an anomaly. Yeah. <laughs> but you, you're, you can't. You are kind yeah. of ignored at school if you yeah. if yeah. if you're not hitting those grades yeah. and and 
putting that massive tick in the well done school box. Mm, yeah. Mm. Right? You know, the yeah. well done school box is like maybe you should focus on these down there. Let them know that okay, if you're not great at the, the classic subjects, yeah. these are other routes for you. Yeah. And and yeah. it was it was quite enlightening going to see uh, a, a local college. I got really excited by this college because they had different parts of the college, like they had a, a working uh, working car garage, so kids right. can go and learn how to fix cars. They had a construction zone, mm. so kids can go and learn yeah. and, and get the, the qualifications they need in order to Be to move into that trade. Exactly, like that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Rather than it being like a well, you'll end you'll end up being a bricklayer. I mean, mm. bricklayers earn a lot of money, my God. but 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 that. At my school, it's just like, right, if you want a desk job, right, you've got to get yeah. these grades. Yeah. You know, and it was all about getting that desk mm. job. Yeah. Was, well, I yeah. was sort of pushed into that when I was at school because my first ever job, which I was in for seven and a half years, was working in insurance. Right. I couldn't be any more different to what I do now. Even now, I don't know how. I mean, actually, I've still got some really good friends who are still in insurance. I think I'd have ended up in a in some right. kind of institution. <laughs> I'd have gone mental. I yeah. don't know what possessed me. I, I actually think it was. I think it was my schooling. Yeah. What do you do now? IT. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. But um, <laughs> twenty years going strong. <laughs> yeah, it was. I think I also did like a year business course, which oh, I don't even know why I did that. Yeah. But it just goes to going back to what you yeah, were saying, I'm, like you, you know, it's all these like paths that you're sort of like these yeah. set like train lines that you're stuck on, and yeah. life's yeah. not like that. No, 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 definitely not. Yeah, it's it's weird, isn't it? Because I mean, like now, if you look at me now, I'm doing what I'm, I'm yeah, I'm doing accounts and I'm playing in a band and I'm happy. Go back four or five years, I was doing accounts, playing in a band, but I wasn't happy. So it's mm. what? Well, so it, when you're in the other band, yeah. What were the differences between your experiences um, in that to what you're doing now? Was it less... Uh, did you feel like you had less scope to be uh, creative? It was less of a creative environment th- for you personally? Yeah, yeah. We were we were writing our own stuff, and I suppose I was doing about 90% of the, yeah, the music sort of mm. it. But it, it was all very... Um, you know, it was, yeah, it didn't have the... We were sort of doing it for the wrong reasons. Like, it's more about... You know, we got quite excited when we get you know the sort of likes and more follows, mm, and it was. Mm. I, we weren't doing it to make loads of money, but it was it was to, I suppose, just to try and yeah, try and push it in that direction. I suppose. Yeah. But we recorded. Um, we, we did a, a session up in a studio in Bermondsey, um, and the whole thing was just it was soulless. Mm. We were stuck in the studio, and the guy who was producing it, he, he did so much work on it. It, it, it was us, but. It, it, it just didn't have that natural sort of feel to it. It's funny because the guitar solo that I played on it was actually the guitar solo that I warmed up with. Oh. So on a first like first take, so I was just naturally playing it. All the other takes, it, it was just you know, it, 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 it just didn't have that that feeling that no. vibe about it. Yeah. And I'm guessing like the dynamic between you and your bandmates wasn't as good as what you. Um, it, well, yeah, I mean it's with my best mates really uh, oh. from school. It's like oh, really? Was, yeah, again and. The bass player, he oh. he was in it, um, and Phil the singer, he was. We all went to school together, so he's like actually he's like the school band from like yeah. when we were sixteen. So that was that was quite nice, but it, I think everyone had their own different things going on. Where, I mean, yeah, we, the band we're in, we're doing now, it's mm. not, yeah, you know, we're not one hundred percent committed. It's full time. You could, you know, it's nothing mm. like that. It's all, but it's all very. It's a hard way to explain it. This is more natural. It feels. It, it's it's sort of feeling a. It, it feels good to do it. It feels yeah. so. If we have a rehearsal, or we we do a gig. Um, 
when we did that misfit ball in November, which I, I think that old misfit ball actually was it was interesting because um, we had to cancel it in April. We 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 did it over the Easter weekend, and and no one was buying tickets. I think we, we were out of lockdown then, weren't we? It was, yeah. It was, so I think it was like the first summer where people could start travelling properly, and, yeah. and so that whole weekend, you know, it was a bit of a write off, and we sold about I don't know. 20, 30, 25 tickets, something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so then we, we postponed it back to November, pushed it back. And I was a bit concerned that we were putting it on again. You know, were we going to go through this whole thing again of trying to promote it? Because we already cancelled it once. We had to give refunds back on the tickets we had oh. sold. And look, actually, two weeks before the, the gig, the guy said, oh, you've only sold 20-something tickets. I was like, oh, shit. It's, mm. it's repeating itself. But, you know, touch wood not it? We ended up... Just over ninety people. Fantastic. Yeah, um, and we did it for a mental health charity, my black, my black dog. So we made about three hundred and fifty quid for them. Fantastic. And it all just came together, and it's yeah. funny. I, I, I don't believe in fate. Well, I, I don't believe in science and stuff like that. It doesn't. But the morning we did it, I was walking my dog, and this black Labrador came up to me. No, it's never happened before. Right? And my black dog is a black lab that they use, and I, I yeah. It, it's pretty coincidence, but it just something then just sort of think, oh, okay, this is all going to work out. Yeah, this is, yeah. this is, and at that moment, I forgot about all the you know, sort of sleepless nights worrying, am I going to have to cancel it? Am I going to have to do this? And at that moment, I just thought, I'm just going to go with it today. And, yeah. and, um, and people turned up on the door. I mean, it was amazing. It was, it was, it was a good night. It was a good it was, vibe. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Some good bands, but um, probably good, uh, good point to tell us a little bit more about My Black Dog. Have you heard of My Black Dog? Uh, I'm aware of the term, but not the uh, okay. not the charity. Yeah, they're an online mental health charity, and basically, what it is, it's volunteers who've experienced mental health themselves. Mm. Um, it's all online, so you, if you are struggling, you can just go to the website. I think they only do it in the evenings and at weekends, but you can basically just have an online chat with someone who's sort of experienced. Mm. You know their own issues, and it's just I think it's it's a good good place to start. You know, if if, if you're not if you don't feel you can talk to someone, they're mm-hmm. a good place to start. You, it's all anonymous sort of thing, so you can just chat, chat away and mm. say what you need to you know, get out. Mm. Um, if you peer to peer, yeah, yeah. So um, yeah, I spoke to the um, the founder, uh, Nikki Clark, um, and she was great. She was had a good half hour chat with her, and she was telling me, you know, she had her own experiences and everything else and this mm. is, and um, she's built out from there but she was sort of saying I mean she was giving me some figures on you know sort of waiting times for people to get mental health treatment mm. and it's like one point I'm sure she said about 1.6 million people waiting just for like basic treatment yeah. you know some sort of treatment and that's that's, a, bonkers. And that's just the people who've sort of reached out for help yeah you know yeah. It, it does sort of make you yeah, it's a scary sort of situation. Yeah, I know the last time I went to the doctors about, because I, I went to a bit of a dark place after my dad passed away. Actually, to be fair to them, they were really good. But I think there was that chance of um, counselling, but I knew from experience that that's a waste of time to even entertain from them because I'd be waiting for like a good six months yeah, yeah. for it and... Yeah, yeah. It was a waste of time because of the weight, not a waste of time. Oh, no, no, no. The actual counselling would be well worth <laughs> yeah, it. It's yeah. just that the thing is, by the time I'd actually have the counselling, stuff would have probably happened. Yeah, yeah. You quite often need it now, don't you? And, yeah. You yeah. know, I was, I was fortunate, as I um, mentioned earlier, 
I knew a guy, so it was yeah. easy just to pick up the phone, like, can we meet? Yeah. Um, and you mentioned right at the beginning of this podcast, Steve, that you used a, a work helpline now. Yeah. In, oh, it's 2023 now, so not this year, but in 2022, a lot of personal th- changes for me, and, and I remember mm. one Monday, and again, a heavy weekend, maybe one or two many to drink, and, mm. and Monday, Tuesday, feeling pretty ropey, so I've oh, done it again. And I'm, I'm feeling like I am, and I just need to talk to someone now. Again, I'm thinking if I go to the doctors, going to have to wait two weeks for an appointment. Yep. So I need to speak to someone now. So I, I used the work helpline, and I think it's only within about half an hour I, I was talking to a counsellor. Fantastic. Right. Yeah, it's really good. And, and, yeah. and you know, they, they she did what counsellors do. It just made me say what made was you in talk. my head. Yeah. bring it out and you know gave yeah. me uh, a call in a couple of days to follow up to see how I was feeling and and mm. it was great and I think um I think many companies have that service available yeah. mm. it's about knowing about it isn't it yeah, you got you got to know that it's there because it's yeah, generally yeah. just one of those benefits that are on a list of benefits that you you kind of glaze over if you're looking at your mm. list of benefits yeah. but it really is valuable mm, um, really is valuable but yeah. The funny thing is, it just reminded me of a conversation I had with a friend of mine today who's doing dry January, right? And uh, <laughs> I was chatting to him earlier. And he goes, Nick, he goes, Nick, I don't really understand it. He goes, um, I've not been drinking and I've always put the way I feel on a Monday down to having a few beers over the weekend. He's like, I'm not drinking and I still feel like it on a Monday. Mm. And we started talking about, like, okay, so so what is it? Is it is it the... Is it the alcohol consumption that makes you feel rubbish, or, mm. or is, yeah. is it is it the Monday? Mm. And yeah, we were just talking about that how it's it's the very beginning of a of a brand new week, and you know you enjoy your weekends and you feel so far away mm. from the right. weekend. But mm. Um, mm. but yeah, that, it just reminded me of that because of the whole um, is is do I feel like I do because I haven't looked after myself, or do or do I genuinely they, yeah, they, have a, a mental health challenge coming yeah. my way, yeah. like? You yeah. have you have to work out. Sometimes well, it's doing him good because not only because he's not drinking, but because now he's having to sort of think. Well, I feel crap. <laughs> yeah. Therefore, it's and it's not to do with the booze. Uh, therefore, I'm now going to have to confront the things that are making me feel rubbish, and I'm going to have to try and work out what that. Yeah. What yeah. that is, which actually is a, whilst could be scary, is a good thing because once you start. Yeah. Doing that, and then you might and you start. A little bit of acceptance of those things. Yeah, yeah. If he's aware of it and he's come to you and sort of, and sort of said, "Yeah, you know, I don't feel right." Yeah, that's, that's a good start. That's a oh that's yeah, a, yeah. I mean, it starts, it? Yeah. yeah, exactly. And and these um, he exercises a lot as well. He's he's running every day at the moment. And 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 Steve, I know that you uh, you oh, yes. you run and and that's that's um, I know you've used that as part of yeah. your path of recovery. Um, I I run loads in twenty twenty to the point where. I, I hurt myself. Right? Yeah. You know, they, they, was, yeah. they couldn't find any particular one yeah. thing that caused my stroke, but the the ultimately it was I was dehydrated um, and my blood clotted in my brain as a result of that. And and we went through the kind of exercise I was doing, and I was running ten k a day because that that was that was the period of time where 
I, I didn't stop thinking by any means, but I was thinking of something different. I was looking at my watch going, right, OK, that's slightly, that's slightly slower than yesterday. I've got to right, pick up the pace right. and, and I'll just mm, give yeah. myself a, a different sort of mental bashing and yeah. to, to a mm. point where I overworked yeah. myself and, mm. you know, I wasn't hydrated yeah. enough and, and yeah. yeah. And yeah. I, no, it's funny you say that because we did that. Do you remember we did, we did a 10K, didn't we? I, I don't, didn't do it together, but we did a, a summer one, didn't we? That was 2017, I think, or 18. It was a London one. I think it was about 2017, because that's when I first started running. Um, mm-hmm. There was a couple of mates, and we sort of said, you know, just as an exercise thing, just to do it. But I'd, so I'd been training for this, you know, this 10K, about three months. And again, I, I was overdoing it. I, I had to, I did something to my knee. But on the day, I was it was so hot, and I ended up walking a lot of it. And I, I did it, I don't know, about an hour, 10 minutes, something like that. And I was going, because I, I did 10... I did 10k a weekend before and I was it was under an hour and I hadn't stopped or anything like this but this time I had to walk and I, was, and I, I remember finishing it and I was so pissed off so angry with myself it's like but Andrew's with me he, he came up and um, and I was, I was saying to him oh, you know, I was pissed off I had to walk and he said but like three months ago you couldn't run five minutes but in my head I was, I was so angry I was like yeah. why yeah. have I done this and actually you can't see the wood for the trees exactly yeah you're so focused on that you know doing it under an hour, I want. I need. I'm not walking. I'm gonna. And you push yourself, and there's no need, really. I mean, it's funny because I've done quite a few 10ks, and um, I did this one with this guy, and he was running. I, I'd done all the training, everything else, and I was running constantly. This guy, he went shooting off, mm. and then he'd walk, so I'd catch him up, and then he'd go shooting past me, and this was going all the way around, mm. and I was getting so pissed off with him because. <laughs> <laughs> but the thing is, we got both got to the end about the same time. And he, he actually ended up going faster than me. But that made me realise is, you know, I, I spent all that time thinking, I've done all this training, I've done all this and this. But at the end of it, we've both done 10K. Mm. We both finished it. Who, who cares? The, the, the fact that we've actually yeah. just done a 10K, yeah. that's, the, that, again, it's sort of the success. The, it's that yeah. whole thing, yeah. accepting, like, the actual, yeah. you know, the achievement of it as yeah. opposed to... Totally. That, totally. that was like the boxing match I did, right? So Steve, oh, yeah. Steve came to watch the watch the boxing match. So eight weeks of the most intense kind of physical training I've ever done. You know, sparring four times a week and just oh. generally feeling like you've been beaten up yeah. all the time that you're doing it. And I, I remember like... Yeah, having my walkout music, well, right? Yeah, I'm gonna get in that ring. And you did walkout music as well. Oh yeah, you get your own walkout. What music. was your walkout music? Uh, limb by limb. Oh, I don't know what that is. It's a, is that it's, drum and bass? It, it's or a, yeah, it's a drum and bass tune. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I'll play it to you later. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> get in a ring. Like, you got, you got like, yeah. how many people did they? There maybe there was 15 to 20 yeah. people there. Oh. I was just like, right, okay. And uh, <laughs> I remember it started. At first, it was going my way. And then it immediately didn't go my way. Oh. <laughs> I, 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 yeah, because I was there <laughs> watching. You caught him re- with a really nice hit. Yeah, and all of a sudden he just he clicked. Something went off in his. Yeah, just started windmilling. Oh, <laughs> just taking it back. And I, I remember the point where my ass hit the canvas, and my immediate thought was like, "Well, that was eight weeks wasted." <laughs> That's <laughs> so. Just, it's exactly what. It's the same, yeah, yeah. 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 But when the ref's doing, like he's waving his hand yeah. in front of me. It's like, oh, that. That's it. Game over. Yeah. But as soon as I was stood up again, I, I immediately went into the no fuck it like. I did it. Yeah, I got yeah, you're in a probably ring. the fittest you've ever been. Yeah, yeah, and that's that's what the coach said as yeah. as I got back in the dressing room. He's just yeah. like, "You've lost weight. You're fitter than ever. Yeah, you've done an amazing yeah. job." And it's yeah. just like, "Yeah, that's how I feel." And who, who else has the guts to do that? I bloody wouldn't. Oh, definitely. Yeah, I wouldn't, yeah. I wouldn't do it again. 
No, <laughs> no, because I mean that kind of training's hard. Yeah, it's proper cardio, like really hard. Yeah, full on. Yeah. It's horrible. Yeah. God, were you but nervous before you went in the ring? Then? Oh yeah, yeah. I mean every every uh, every boxer because there were loads of there fights, weren't they? Yeah, Maybe about there. twenty, thirty yeah. fights. Yeah, yeah and uh, they're all quite short. But yeah, every because you get there early, right? And mm. and all all day people were just pacing. You get the, uh, oh, the taping up. Yeah. yeah, the tapes yeah. around your knuckles like yeah. done really early, and everyone's just walking around pacing. Yeah. All day. No one looking like they're really enjoying it. Can you like like just that? Sorry to go off subject slightly, but when you have your hands taped up, can you like? I mean, how? What's the mobility? Can you go to the toilet or anything? Yeah, you still got your fingers. Yeah, but can you like bend them enough? So say, for instance, if you had to go for a number two, could you wipe your ass? <laughs> yeah. How would you wash your hands then? Well, you, you couldn't really. Oh. <laughs> you'd have to be careful with, with the wiping, wouldn't you? Uh, yeah, well, you use bog glow, I mean. <laughs> I mean, if, if you're at the point where your hands are taped up for something, it's, it's, that's not important, right? No, but have, have, but have you ever have you ever put your hand inside a sweaty boxing glove? Now we all shared boxing gloves that night. Oh, but right. <laughs> I bet they. Stuck. I was I was probably fight about eleven or something oh, by the time they went on. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> they were wet. Oh. But that the the during training the the thing that would smell the most in my uh, kit bag was my uh, were my wraps. Yeah, I wrapped my hands with before yeah, training. Yeah, I bet. Just stank. Oh. Disgusting. Oh. Oh, can you imagine the bacteria in those gloves? Yeah. You'd have to chuck them or burn them afterwards, wouldn't you? Yeah. I bet they didn't know. I bet they got used the next week or... Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, they're yeah. It's boxing. That is rank, in it? Oh. Yeah. So this is how I know I wouldn't be a very good boxer. I'm too much, like... Yeah. Yeah, just... Yeah, no, no. <laughs> no, the closest I ever come to boxing, I used to do this um, uh, competition karate. <laughs> um <laughs> I don't know why I found that fun. Um, I, did, I never competed or anything because yeah. I wasn't I wasn't fit enough. I didn't do it for long enough. Hold on. I had all, I had hold, hold, you done competition karate but didn't compete? Yeah, because there's a name for it and I can't remember the name for it now. But you have all these like special um, like pads. You have like special like pads over your your knuckles and everything. And I can't remember where else the pads. I think you have pads on your elbows as well. I can't really remember. Oh, okay. I had all the get up, yeah. but I just that my overriding uh, memory of doing that was I remember I turned up to uh, used to like a train once a week in the Corn Exchange in Hartford. Weirdly, before it was like a, like a concert venue mm. type thing. I used to go there with a couple of mates, and I remember I hadn't had my dinner. Uh, actually, there was two memories. I, I had I nearly fainted one night because I hadn't had my dinner, and like I was just honestly it was so cardio, it was unbelievable. Right. I was not even close to being fit enough. Yeah. And there was another one where you actually it is like full contact training, but because you got like these great big like pads on your arms, you could punch someone, and you know that it's not really going to hurt them. I was sparring with this girl, and she could have only been couldn't have been anything over fourteen. And I was in my 20s. And I wasn't. Yeah, I was. No, I think I was about 20. And uh, she literally took me down. I literally literally properly got beaten up by this 14-year-old girl. That was a low point. I don't think it was long after that I gave it up. And I I know uh, the evil feeling that you feel when you sing it. And the first thing they'll say is the beat, the beat, the beat.
I'm starting to notice that, like, through doing these podcasts, like this last, this is episode three, that there's this sort of underlying sort of like theme that of acceptance. Because I think that's been a huge yeah. thing, without us actually even mentioning it really too much today. That's been a huge thing for you. I think like just accepting, just enjoying, yeah, the music and enjoying. And, and being able to sort of accept where you are now and accept that this has, has, has happened. Yeah. And actually, if it hadn't have happened, then maybe you wouldn't be in this band now and loving it. And, exactly. And, yeah. and the success, I guess, is the enjoyment you're getting. And, and the fact that, like you, you said earlier, I remember you saying that you, you're not the same person that you were four years ago when this yeah. all when this all happened the most brilliant thing about that which i'll absolutely love is the fact that you can see that difference yeah and regardless of what anyone else thinks i think you've been through the mill like properly through the mill but actually you've come out the other side yeah almost for one of a better way of putting it it's almost like you've come out of it filtered like you've come out of it cleansed you've like you've been able to um confront the stuff that was probably nagging at you without you knowing it before yeah. five years, let's say five years ago. Yeah. And you've been able to, through like, you know, proper work on your behalf and yeah. due oh, diligence to, with yourself. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and being able to talk openly about it is accepting that that's a journey that you, you had to take. Yeah, I think yeah, you're totally right. I mean, but but I, I suppose I'd, at the time I didn't have a choice. You know, there was no, no. no alternative. I had to, I had to sort of face up to it and deal with it. I've, there was no choice. There was, I, you know, I couldn't hardly leave the house. So, mm. I think that that thought scares, like I said earlier, that that thought scares me a lot more than doing this or mm. or mm. Talk, being open with someone now. I know that I, I'd rather be open and, and and about everything rather than you know in that horrible place where you don't know what's coming next or you just or no. you're telling yourself all sorts and yeah it's it's a it's, it's a strange one i mean it's because like, like i say i i am totally different i've yeah i've never spoken never spoke to anyone you know yeah. like this at all um mm. but now it's like second nature because it's I've, I've had no choice but to mm. you know mm. like i say to sort of face up to it and deal with it yeah um, it's massive a lot of people go through life through their whole lives and never make never make the progress you've made in that four years yeah, I'm I'm very fortunate because I think obviously there's clinical depression as well and things mm. like that and I've never been tested I I could have been tested for yeah you know, whether it's a clinical thing as well but I I don't think it is I think it's a lot of it is sort of the situation experiences I've been through and not dealing with those experiences mm, yeah um yeah and and but carrying it with me rather than and just doing it you know just getting it out I've just kept it all locked in for so long mm. that I, I've made myself toxic I've, I've well, you're fit to burst. Yeah, oh, totally. Yeah, you know? yeah. And there is always that analogy of the dripping, dripping bucket, isn't there? Yeah. You know, where it drips, drips. When something else happens, like, like stressful, yeah. it will drip more and more and more until yeah. you get to the top and it just spills over. Yeah, yeah. And that's essentially yeah. what, what happened. Well, well, it's yeah. Funny you say that because the, the way I sort of look at my mind now, it's like a sponge. Mm. So once it's full up with the water and stuff like that, you need to you need to get. You know, squeeze it and get yeah. as much water out, of you and, but keep the good water in there and get rid yeah. of the, the the nasty stuff. It's I, I've got a lot more awareness, I suppose. That's that's, that's the, the, yeah, that is the word really. Is is I'm aware of how I'm reacting with people and how people react with me. Rather than I was very closed off, I suppose before. If I was having a bad day, I wouldn't share it. If someone else was having a bad day, I wouldn't be able to. I I, I wouldn't be able to pick up on it. But now I can sort of yeah. I can pick up with, with some 
you know, you just sort of become more aware of your surroundings and what's mm. going on around you, mm. rather than sort of shutting myself off in my own little, you know, sort of messed up yeah. world. And yeah, you know, well, it needed to happen. Yeah, you know, but it's you're able to see the positive. Yeah, I think that's the, the yeah. most important thing. But one, the one, one one thing I would say, just any time is, even if you can't talk to anyone or you, you're struggling, you're just in that zone. You know, everyone's got a mobile phone and they've all got voice recorders on. Mm. Just go for a walk five minutes and just talk whatever you want. Just yeah. if it's shit, if it, if it makes no sense, I've I've got hours on my phone of me just yeah. You know, when it first happened, well, it was a couple of months into it, and I was and I was just talking over scenarios that were going around in my head and just getting them out, just mm. just saying mm. those words, just releasing it. You know, it's, yeah, it does make. Yeah, it may not seem like a big thing, but it does. Yeah, you know, I still do it now. If I'm if I have had a bad day or something, I might just talk to talk to myself on the way home for ten minutes. Yeah, you know, but I've just got it out. You mm. know. Mm. A lot of it's rubbish. A lot of it doesn't even. Why well, am I even worried about things? You you're know? expressing, aren't you? Yeah, you're, you're expressing, just getting it yeah. out. It's, yeah, exactly. You know, you're releasing that yeah. pressure cooker, aren't you? That's it. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's so important. Yeah, it's such definitely. a brilliant thing to be able to do. Thanks a lot for coming in today, Steve, and sharing your uh, your journey with us. It's uh, it's been enlightening. I've learned a lot, even though you know we we were close through your journey. For me, today's been very much what this podcast is about just three guys around the table talking about experiences like they should be discussed so really appreciate you coming in and and good luck with the band stuff keep doing what you're doing and just uh just stay on that path yeah keep on keeping on yeah we'll do thanks for having me on yeah thanks steve thanks steve lovely to meet you mate yeah you too mate Hi, thanks for listening. It was a real pleasure having Steve on the show. His story is so inspirational and positive and proves that despite his experience being completely out of the blue, he was able to come out the other side with a different view on life and a really positive outlook for the future. You can find them on Apple Music and Spotify and find more info about gigs on Facebook and their other socials. Don't forget to like and subscribe to the Go To Him podcast and spread the word about us. The more of us we can get talking, the better. 